Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Send Us Flowers. I am really excited to be here today with the team of the Honey Bee Collective. They have some big announcements that we're going to go over and learn a little bit about what this project is, where it's going, and meet some people behind the team. I'm really, really excited. This is going to be a great episode for if you're looking to enter the cannabis industry or learn more about other you know futuristic opportunities honestly to get involved especially if you're you know in a gray area state still or you want to pursue new opportunities because you've seen so many cool ones already in more mature markets so let's dive in i would love for you both to introduce yourself introduce yourselves Awesome. Thanks so much, Liz, and thanks for having both of us. Uh, my name is Shalai Mirzai. I'm one of the co-founders of the Honeybee Collective. Um, we're based out here in Colorado right now, um, and we are a um, social equity cannabis company um, looking to really push uh, the values of employee ownership, uh, being community driven, and then sustainability are kind of our three core tenants. Um, we're looking to launch this spring here in Colorado uh, to begin with. So we've just been gearing up for that. And like you mentioned, we're, we're in the middle of our fundraising round right now, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit more. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you wanna go? Sure, yeah, thanks, Shalit. Uh I'm Chris Becker. I'm one of the co-founders of the Honeybee Collective as well. Um, I uh, have been working in the cannabis industry for about five years now and uh, was let go from a cannabis testing lab uh, after they went broke and was looking for a way to be in the industry and um, saw an opportunity uh, to, to create a company that um, did a couple of things differently than, than were happening in the industry at the time. Um, number one, uh, I, I felt like there weren't companies whose values that I was aligned with that I could buy from. And, and I, I do like to spend my money with companies whose values I align with. And then number two, I felt like there was not a, not really any companies uh, asking consumers what they want before they went and made products. A lot, mm -hmm. of, a lot of stuff getting made without ever asking, hey, do you need this or want this? Does anybody care about this? So yeah. um, really saw an opportunity to pursue uh, a cannabis company from a consumer centric lens uh, as a daily cannabis consumer. And um, uh, my partners in this business were all uh, at various transitional phases in their careers due to COVID and whatnot and reached out. And um, from there, we launched the Honeybee Collective as, as a group. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And so who are you both sending some flowers to before we kick off into some favorite gear? <laughs> Um, I would love to send flowers to our two other co-founders, Aaron and Kate. Um, we are in the thick of it right now, and I know everyone is feeling a little, uh, we're running on fumes a little bit, so I know that they they would appreciate it. And then um, we just had a really cool photo shoot last week um, in Denver uh, with an awesome photographer that I had just met, but Chris had already known. Um, his name's Cam Margera on Instagram. Oh, cool. uh, he did a great job. He was um, super amenable to our timing and got some really awesome shots. So just want to shout him out. That's awesome. I'll have to check out his work. I'm excited to see that. Chris? Yeah, he's, he's does some really great stuff. Yeah, Cam, Cam's awesome. Uh, number one, Liz, I'd love to send some flowers to you. We really appreciate your platform and uh, what you stand for and represent and the message you bring to, to your podcast is, uh, you know, really what we like to see. 
um, encouraging equity and home grow and all that kind of good stuff and, and, and a consumer first lens as we legalize this industry. Really appreciate all of that. That is um, beyond kind of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. I'm sending um, him back. <laughs> appreciate that. And um, also our friend uh, Mike over at Better Days Delivery here in Denver. He's a uh, he's a social equity applicant uh, with a delivery company here in Denver, and he's uh, got a couple of dispensaries he's delivering for currently, looking to grow that business and. He uh, shares a lot of the values that we do. He's looking to wait for ways to incorporate employee ownership and uh, just doing good in the community into his business. And, and we, uh, we support anybody that's trying to make the cannabis industry a better place. I love, yeah, same. I, I can vibe with those values. Um, all right. Well, I know you both are in Colorado. I'm not sure if you both are originally from there, but... I've, I've been to Colorado a few times. I've experienced the market. I was there like right as it was kind of coming up. And, you know, I, I had some great flowers, some really good edibles, but it's truly the land of the concentrates. And I'd love to know uh, what you're currently consuming and how you're consuming. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll lead on this one. Um, it, it, as you're not, it, you are absolutely right about the concentrates. We have a lot of selection out here, um, a lot of great extract artists in the market out here. Um, some of my favorites right now are uh, Green Dot Labs. They're a Colorado uh, legend. They uh, make a great live resin oil, butane extraction. It's really high terpene. Um, another company that uh, I, I really like is Acta. Um, they're a uh, uh, a grow out in uh, a greenhouse grow. They grow in beautiful living soil, all to okay. very happy plants, high terpene. Um, they're a great team, uh, so, some excellent uh, growers over there. And um, they, they produce a really nice uh, live rosin. So it's a solventless product. And um, they make gummies with that as well, which are very interesting. They have a much, much more full spectrum effect than your yeah. typical based edible. I love the rosin edibles out here. It's been e easily like I I've never pivoted faster. I haven't touched like anything, any other type of edible unless it's like live rosin or a full plant that I make on my own. Like I'm not touching it, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just it's an amazing product. So I totally agree. I'm enjoying a Ojai over here. Um, so I'm like a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a different cannabis consumer. I really like the topicals. I'm really into the drinks lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my little Hanuk and uh, Ojai cocktail over here. Um, I love their flavors. It, they're great. And they just give more of that kind of body high, yeah. which is definitely what I'm on board with. If it's too much in my head, I get too much in my head. Oh, <laughs> and so this is a... Yeah, this is like the perfect um, kind of, you know, I'll take one of these snowboarding and drink it on the lift up and you just have a nice little ride down. So that is awesome. I, I am loving to the new beverage market. I mean, like, Ugh, I love it. <laughs> I, I stopped drinking like two years ago and it just kind of happened and continued because of like all the, I mean, I wasn't no who was really going out. And so, um, yeah. I just, I, but I did consume a lot heavier for, all the different cannabis things I've been trying. And wow, the beverage industry has totally taken off. 
There's things that are like de-alkalized uh, options yep. that you can basically have like a beer or rosé and they're really, really nice. So I totally agree. I love that you just pulled that right out for all the audio listeners. She just had a drink <laughs> ready <laughs> and it looks it looks good. So um, they're very delicious. Yeah. Okay. That's That's awesome. And I love hearing all the different ways that people consume because sometimes it isn't always about smoking and that's what's so cool about where this industry is going is that there's so many different ways to partake and see what fits for you and so i i love i love that you just pulled out a beverage <laughs> um all right uh right now um since i'm in la there's been a lot of really like crazy things happening in the market here um i've been i've also been really loving a lot of the live rosin options. I just got this one from um, Heritage Hash and it's all like solventless um, live rosin and the smell is like crazy. I picked it up the other day and I hadn't even smoked it yet because I was like, you know what? I got to show this off on the podcast. Like it's too pretty and I'll, I'm going to smoke it like right after this, but I was saving it to show off here because it's just like, I was, I was extraordinarily impressed and I'm with like, you know, the concentrate connoisseur, <laughs> or at least from, from the land of that. So I was like, Ooh, I have to bring something impressive. <laughs> um, you were ready with your own product too to show. I know. I was like, all right, I got something as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it. it's really interesting just seeing what has evolved over the past just like few years alone. And that's what really caught my eye with your project. I think it's, you know, really, really cool what you're working on here. I've been in the industry for, you know, around six years officially. And um, it's, I, I've seen some really incredible things. And I've also experienced some really not so incredible things and to see um a company come forward that is truly community first and truly finding initiatives that support you know their employees that's really huge because i've seen too many people being taken advantage of in this industry and you know if we really are going to flourish and make this space one of you know, the, the values that a lot of us say we stand by, you know, it's, it's a lot about the action though. Like I hear a lot of people talk, I hear a lot of people say they want to do X, Y, Z. And then it's like, okay, but where is it? So you said that, but where is it? And so, um, you guys are, you guys are doing it. You guys are in the action process and I will stop talking and let you speak more to what you're, what you're working on. Cause you just did a huge fundraise. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 really happy. Uh, we when we were looking to start this company, we obviously needed some money to get it off the ground, and um, so some of our partners pulled some money and and for our initial like uh, uh, seed capital, but mm -hmm. that, that's not that's not enough to really get off the ground. And so we we looked at uh, raising money from venture capitalists or raising money from private equity people. Um, and it, it just didn't align with our values of right. creating community wealth. We had, we had um, started with some surveys that uh, we asked people, what do you think the biggest issues facing the world today are? And they said, um, wealth inequality, uh, racism, and climate change. And um, so we, we wanted to position our brand in a way that we could affect uh, wealth inequality and climate change 
in, 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 a, in, the, in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when we realized that there were some crowdfunding platforms accepting cannabis businesses, a light went off for us. We said, holy hell, this is like the, the, the perfect values aligned way for us to go out and raise money. And, and when we're successful, our community will benefit from that. They, they right. will see a return on that investment, right? So uh, crowdfunding is a little different than, than, than typical Kickstarters. You actually get a return on your investment. In this case, mm-hmm. it's an investment. And um, our current investors are getting uh, one and three quarter times return on their investment. So $100 turns into $175 over the wow. uh, you know five-year term. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a way for entrepreneurs to access funds that they couldn't have gotten otherwise because banks and venture capitalists don't typically lend to um, startups that, that don't have uh, a history or, or revenue right. or anything. And especially not cannabis startups. That's <laughs> yes. a whole other... That's a whole other curve there, <laughs> curveball there. And yeah. so, I mean, funding is already incredibly tough to tough to get. And so now you throw in that extra factor. Um, so what was what was the starting point? You know, when did when did you all come together? Because it sounds like you have, you know, a larger team. When did you all finally come together and say, hey, we need to start the Honeybee Collective. This is our launching point. It was actually Chris that brought us all together. Um, you know, like he said, he was going through um, just getting laid off right. and trying to figure out what, what his next step was. And um, he sent out an email, I think, I don't know, was it like 12 or 15 people just that he knew in the industry yeah. that he, you know, felt like were really values aligned um, just to kind of like throw out ideas. And so we all hopped on a Zoom together um, and he's like, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, I want to start something. I don't really know what it is yet. But um, and from that, you know, it just kind of got whittled down to the people that were really passionate or had the time um, to dedicate to the company. Um, And that that was the beginning of it. So it was about um, a year ago, actually, I think that that initial email got sent out and we've just been We've been chugging along ever since. Yeah. And and what's a little bit of uh, your background and where you came from and, um, you know, why are you committed to being here? So I come from a lot of very big companies. Uh, I come from the product background. So I've worked for companies like North Face and Under Armour um, and really, you know, what from a personal perspective, I'm very invested in um, inclusion and diversity work, uh, justice and belonging work, especially in the workplace because we spend so much time there. So while it's one part of many that we can affect change in, um, I do think that it's really important and I've, I've invested a lot of time in the companies I've been at to make that work be kind of at the forefront. Uh, so for me, that was what was super exciting about this venture is how can we bring that um, that idea to a very, new industry and i have maybe this like idealized view of because we're new and because um it's a little bit of like a a rogue kind of group of people in in the cannabis industry both in legacy and now we have the opportunity to do it differently right like we um we don't have to go down the same path that every other industry has gone down and that's what makes me excited is that it is so young and there is a huge opportunity to do it differently, create an example for how other companies might want to do it. Um, and then coming from the product background, I just love listening to consumers and creating products that they love and are mm-hmm. excited about. And um, that I, I, I love that the Honeybee Collective is really putting that at the forefront because 
that's just that's I mean, that's how products should be made yeah. <laughs> in any industry. Um, and I'm really excited to bring that to the cannabis industry. No, that's incredible. Mm. And so what um, what is that transition been like for you to go from a more traditional background into cannabis and into especially this kind of venture? Um, for me, I mean, it's been a lot longer of a transition for Chris because he's been in the industry for much longer. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been a really, really stark learning curve. Um, I came from a place where I was like the expert. I knew everything about everything. And um, this is a whole new consumer set for me. Right. It's a whole a whole new industry for kind of for a lot of people. Um, it's the regulations are really interesting. Obviously, state to state, they vary by so mm -hmm. much. We're talking about federal legalization and when is that going to come about? So it's just been a very humbling, uh, steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I love learning. So that's been really, um, it's been really great. But it's, yeah, it's hard to go from being an expert to being kind of like the new little baby that's learning everything. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a very humbling industry. As soon as you think, you know, you actually, there is no point that I thought I knew almost no. everything. You're just constantly nope. learning. Yeah. You're constantly in this phase of like, oh, we can do that. Because <laughs> also, exactly. you know, all of that stuff changes. And so something that you had like plans or a strategy around, like you're like, okay, all of that's totally out the window and we're just totally starting from scratch. And so it, it is very exciting, um, to totally exciting. And so speaking of products, what can we look forward to see from you guys, especially with this launch coming up and you're the products expert. So I'm, I'm really stoked to hear what you have down the pipeline, if you can share any of that. Chris, you want to take that one? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Honeybee Collective is really a brand for the daily cannabis consumer. Um, and, and, and as such, we're, we're going with flour and concentrates as our primary product lines. Um, and we're giving consumers uh, flour in upsized containers, so there's less less waste. And we're, we're going and sourcing that flour from all of the best growers in the state that grow in a way that meets our standards for quality and having a positive impact on the environment and, and the economy, right? So uh, we go and vet the, vet the growers, uh, check out their flour, check out their grow process, see what kind <laughs> okay. of inputs they're using in their flour. Um, re really, there's, in, 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 these, in most mature states, California, Colorado, Oregon, there's a surplus of cannabis on the market, but it's hard to choose good cannabis because who's vetting it and, and who's putting it out there, right? So right. Um, that, that's the angle that we're approaching uh, like uh, cannabis product selection from. Um, we're also launching a 10-pack of pre-rolls, 10-pack of half-gram pre-rolls to have Very some cool. to keep on you and um, share with your friends. And uh, we'll be looking into, we're, we're still looking for a concentrate manufacturer. Uh, but we'll be doing an upsized concentrate uh, unit as well, again, to reduce waste. Um, you know, the, the, our five-gram our, our five flour tin, uh, is that's 40% more flour, 40% less waste going into back into the stream. Uh, and it's we're using all recycled materials, all the recyclable materials, sorry. So uh, our tins are made of aluminum, and then uh, our uh, two-pack of pre-rolls comes in a home compostable tube. Oh, wow. Okay, very cool. And so when you're looking at the different growing methods, is there any level because just because there's so much different there, I've been learning a lot lately about different cultivation methods, 
and what we can do more there for sustainability. And I was just wondering, is, is that something that you're looking for? But I, I know it is also hard to find. <laughs> so I am going to just preface that question as you guys laugh because I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like yeah. it, we have these, we have these really high standards that we want to want to hit. And um, I think that there's, there's a, there are a lot of different grows that are doing different pieces of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, li like organic living soil, nothing can be certified organic because that's a federal certification. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, but you know, there's a lot of grows that are working on organic farming, living soil, uh, no till. So all of that is really regenerative for the environment. Um, outdoor and greenhouse grows are just wildly more sustainable from an energy use perspective right. than indoor grows. Um, and then also, you know, part of uh, for us sustainability is like, is the business sustainable? Are the employees getting paid a local living wage? Mm -hmm. Are they happy there? Are they, yeah. um, you know, super stoked to be at the company that they're at and being treated fairly. So um, it is a bit of a unicorn to try and find all of those things in um, in one grow. Um, so yeah, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, I could, I, yeah, that was an amazing reaction. I could tell that there was clearly other conversations that were happening there that, <laughs> Because it, it really is. It's, it's, it's such a multi-tier. There's so many facets to, I mean, and we're just talking about grows. And then you move into packaging and you move yep. into, you know, where is this going to sit on shelves? And then what's going to happen if we have to, you know, get rid of, like, what happens when the farmers have to get rid of crops or if product, you know, isn't moving? It's a, There's so many facets that entire ecosystem. And so that is really cool that you're taking that micro level look at each individual tier where it could can be more sustainable and especially with that tie back into how employees are being treated that for me is is really huge and so you know what would you say what would you say is your biggest tip then to someone who wants to be involved in this and wants to see this, you know, moving forward, do they have to be in Colorado or can they be anywhere? What would be like, say I wanted to join, what would I have to do? So um, anybody can go to honeybeecollective.com and, and click the join the hive link uh, in the menu. And we'll keep people updated um, as to how you can participate in a couple of different ways. Um, one, we'll be, uh, reinvesting 10% of our profits back into the communities where we operate and our hive members will help us decide how to distribute those funds. Mm -hmm. um, two, uh, people can invest in our crowdfunding round. So it, it, it's, it's reopened. We did hit a record um, and, and fill our first funding round. Um, but our second round is open now. We're looking for about another $105,000. Currently we've raised 145,000 from 120 people. We're really happy wow. about it. Um, and people can invest with as little as $100, and they're going to get that uh, one and three quarter times return on their investment over the holding period, which is five years or less because it's a revenue sharing note. So you get you get you make money when we make money. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. And I think in general, like the um, getting involved, what I have found personally with working with this team is like, if you want to get involved in the industry, 
find a team that aligns with your values and lean on them. Um, I don't think any of us individuals would have gotten this off the ground had we been working by ourselves. Um, but but it, having having that team both allows you to kind of spread out the responsibilities. We are really big on um, making sure that none of us is working on the things that we absolutely hate in I the business that. as far as we can. Yeah. yeah, like, so we don't work on Fridays and we're, you know, we're trying to fo foster that culture internally that we've always been looking for at our, at our day jobs. Um, but I would just say like, find an awesome group of people that shares your values that you can lean on. Um, it, it just, it, it makes it so much less daunting than trying trying to launch something on your own, especially in this industry that is so community driven. Um, it's it's really important to have build that community right away with your company. Yeah, no, and it really is something that that emanates. You know, like I really do believe that a lot of workplaces, your employees are your evangelists. Those are your biggest. Yep you know, that's your marketing tool right there, especially when you are doing something that's more consumer or honestly, B2B too, both sides. Like when you mm -hmm. have people in your company that care and are dedicated, it, it really does make a difference, especially when you're just starting out and really working on, on those like grassroots initiatives. Like why do, why would someone buy into something when you yourself aren't bought in? I think that that's like, you know, just 101. And there's so many places that, that don't do that. And I, you see it go by the wayside. And so to have a dedicated team that is fostering each other's strengths and, and really passionate about what's happening here, that's, that's really cool. And then I did want to touch on something really quickly because it's come up a few times and it's um, living soil. I wanted to touch on just what that was and why it's also um, it, it could be a more sustainable practice. Uh, and then I so I, I'm trying to figure out where to start because I don't want to say the wrong thing. A lot of cannabis these days are grown, um, you know, hydroponically. And so when I was I just re it's crazy, too, because I just recently um, had a, gr a, a living soil um, eighth. And I went through it like in way too quickly. I don't actually want to say how long it took me to get through it because it's like not okay. And There's no shame here. No shame here. And so, um, living soil is literally, you know, an ecosystem of soil that you build on. And some growers I've been seeing even have like down to the specific worms they're using. Like they have this yep. down to a science and, you know, after a certain period of time, you don't have to use as much water. Um, it's very sustainable. You're not constantly, you know, changing stuff out. And um, I think that that's really cool that you brought that up and that you are looking for things like that. And I, I just wanted to speak to what that was, because I personally recently had no idea. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, isn't all weed just grown in soil? And in soil, yeah. And it's not the case. And so I yeah. I think that it's really interesting to now see all of these different ways. I'm curious, do either of you have a um, a preferred grow method from like for your plants or for your consumption? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I don't personally, I have no idea which one is my favorite yet, but I really did like what I had recently. It was called Josh Wax and it was a uh, sea biscuit, I think. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, so I think the easiest way to explain living soil is it's basically like what 
what mother earth has created like if when things are growing out in the in the wild they're they're in living soil there's oh my gosh i'm so sorry my dog that's our director of sales b <laughs> i'm gonna go put her outside real fast that's so funny she's at be the mountain dog on instagram if you want to follow her she has a million views on one of her videos are you serious wait we need to bring her back bring her back okay we have a local celebrity (laughs) oh come on i like what we totally need to just shift the whole podcast now (laughs) this is is now guys this is now a dog podcast oh my goodness for all our audio listeners we are looking at a very adorable dog oh my goodness Thanks for bearing with me on that one. Oh my god, of course. I have um my or my well, I call them my dogs. They're my mom's dogs, but um whenever I go home, it's like every other call, anything, they're barking because they're on squirrel patrol. Uh, <laughs> Very important keeping us safe from the squirrels and the postmen and the Exactly. You know, people walking by your front window. Yeah, you know, or just like a butterfly or a leaf, whatever. Yes. Whatever catches. The very scary butterflies, yes. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Sorry about that. So, yeah, I can circle this back to um, living soil is basically just how soil exists in the earth with, um, you know, microbes and worms and bugs and the decaying leaves that fall off the tree. And so that's the best way for anything to grow, whether it's your, you know, organic produce or it's your cannabis, like natural. I mean, at least in my, in my, um, my opinion, like natural is just the best. Mm -hmm. So your point about, you know, growing better product, I think it's, I think it's a more pure product, right? It's the, it's the way that like you could eat a really great orange that's not organic or you could eat a really great orange that is organic mm-hmm. and like there's just something different about it and I don't know if it's placebo or what but I just think that it it you know what's in it, you know that it came from the earth, you know that it was, you know, grown the way that nature intended. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that it does produce a a better product and a product you can just feel more confident smoking or ingesting because you kind of know all the inputs that were in it. Um, it's right. not necessarily chemicals, salts, or all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know, Chris, I know that you have a lot of thoughts on it too. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love flour that's grown in living soil um, in a greenhouse or outdoors. I think it's the ideal environment for growing cannabis. I think it produces some of the happiest plants, which just makes me happier. Um, and, and all the better if it, if that environment was a happy, positive environment that, mm-hmm. um, like one of our favorite growers that we're, uh, looking to get some cannabis from here in Colorado grows in greenhouses that are subterranean. So they're using way less energy than most greenhouses would for heating or cooling. And okay. then he, he pumps in, um, nature sounds during the day to these plants. And it's like, you can just tell looking in the garden that these plants are happier than your standard commercial warehouse yeah. indoor grow. Wow. So that is, that's, that's what I like. That's really love right there. I That's so cool. Yeah. That, that is like, that's wild. Wow. I I had a, um, a guest recently on the Cannabis Cutie, and we were talking about... Um, 
about something similar actually to the environment and she was like that's like sad cannabis you don't want sad cannabis like, like yeah. and she compared it kind of to like the the meat issue that's happening and so like she was like that's like sad cow cannabis and we don't do sad cow cannabis <laughs> We do happy cannabis, yeah, just like the happy, happy cannabis, cannabis, right? I think it I think it totally affects the experience and everything. And so, you know, it it's really um it's really something to be diving so deep into like what kind of ways to even grow cannabis and what's the most effective and efficient and best for, you know, both the growers and the consumers. And I think especially as more states mature with their markets and come on to or develop, you know, more favorable cannabis policies, uh, we'll see a lot more innovation there and, and actual research into like, hey, like, you know, these plants in living soil, their roots are longer. And so they're naturally going to grab more nutrients or, you know, stuff like that. I think we're really going to begin to to find out. And I'm so I'm curious um, to to before we wrap this up, I wanted to see what both of your thoughts were on legalization and when you think we might see federal movement. Um, I, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> we're still having this conversation. I know. Every year I have a different answer. Sometimes it's like, oh, it'll happen next week. And then I'm like, we're never going to see it. It's just never <laughs> happening. Forget it. Just don't even ask the question. <laughs> Um, I, I guess, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not smart enough to have a prediction on when we'll get it. I think strategically it would be That's good fair. for, you know, some action to happen, you know, if, if the current, uh, uh, current administration wants to get reelected, but you know, I, I don't know if it will or not. Um, but, uh, what, what I will say is what we want to see from legalization is equitable legalization that supports small businesses that allows opportunities for entrepreneurs, that does offer reparations for people that have been harmed historically by the war on drugs, um, immediately releases all the cannabis prisoners and stops arresting people and causing more harm in people's lives. That's what we want to see. Um, you know, it, 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 like it, it, we should at least do stop arresting people and release the prisoners now um, and, and figure out the rest later. But. Yeah. And it, as the details are concerned, we want small business friendly legalization. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that's the only way to go. I, 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 I just don't foresee it until probably after this administration and it is, you know, midterms and I, I just don't see people wanting to really rock that boat. So it's unfortunate because I really did think with this administration, I was like, hey, like, we might see something like we we might and then they kind of shut it down or at least for at least for right now it's been pretty i i think it's been pretty shut down so we'll see probably with the next administration what happens but i think it's going to continue to be um a key point of conversation especially with how it does affect businesses and banking and getting funding and prisoners and people still being locked up. I mean, here in California, they're talking about recriminalizing. That is the word, recriminalizing. Like, what? Um, like having more than six plants if you're not licensed, which is insane. And so right now, it's not a felony, but it would be if this goes through, which I don't think it will. But I mean, the fact that that conversation has even come up is just yeah. ridiculous. Like we should be moving forwards. And that's like 50 steps back. So um, 
Yeah, we're it's, moving it's backwards just, here too. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? We're moving backwards here in Colorado too. We uh, we just had a law passed this year that reduced medical cannabis patients' purchase limits. Really, um, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. so now rural patients that used to stock up can't do that anymore. They can't take advantage of price discounts and that kind of thing. Um, and and they're also uh, there. There was a law proposed that would have required concentrate manufacturers to separate their one gram units into 10 separate doses. So imagine the waste associated with that, uh, both time and packaging waste. Um, And the compromise was now we have to give a scare tactic pamphlet to everybody that says dabbing can make you go crazy, basically. And it has a picture of a little tiny dab that says this is the recommended dab size. (laughs) You please send me a picture of this because I have not, this is like, that's like reefer madness. Yep. Yes, exactly. It's like, like propaganda. It's literally, that's literally propaganda. I, what? Like what scientific evidence? Like, there, <laughs> no, no scientific evidence. It was m- one one mother whose son tragically took his own life, and uh, she's cannabis related psychosis, and and has mm-hmm. been on a rampage, and has a bunch of uh, politicians on her side. It's and it's actually fairly bipartisan. It's Dems and Republicans have both supported this issue on the state level. Wow, that is. We really do need just you know people need more education. We need more research. And yep. I mean, it's just, that is, that's not the way I, my heart breaks for her in that situation, but like, I, I think we really need to dive deeper in what we're doing with our policy and whether it's backed by, by like, you know, anecdotal evidence or it's backed by actual medical research and we're just not there yet. And, you know, I, with um, the Honeybee Collective, then I'm sorry. I know I said we were wrapping up, but that made me think of a different question. Um, I I want to I want to know, you know, what is um, what's your initiative, if any, for education and helping others foster that, especially within the community that you're building. So, um, a couple of different things that we that we're doing to advocate uh, are. Um, one, we're, we want to inspire a generation of founders to uh, turn, turn their businesses into employee-owned businesses. Um, and, and, and that's the lane that we're kind of really wanting to stick in is how do we affect wealth inequality because we feel like we, we have real authenticity and, and authority in that domain. And we don't want to mm-hmm. step too far outside that in terms of what our advocacy looks like. Um, on, on the local level, we all individually show up and, and, and try to educate and, and uh financially and, and at the voting booth support politicians that like right. have the right, right. causes and, and are supporting the consumer and supporting good policy. Um, and um, we, we also are strong supporters of home grow as well. So there's a home, a, a how to grow at home guide on our website that people can download. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. And, and, and we strongly support uh, legislation that, that allows for home grow. We think it ought to be a right. It's any, any legalization law that doesn't include it to us is is a farce. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, I mean, there is, I, I'm not even going to talk too much about that because we'll be here for another hour. But I, I 
really am adamant about the fact that people should have the opportunity to grow at home. I mean, it's pretty hard to grow. I don't think it's going to really knock, you know, the socks off of uh, numbers for these big MSOs. It's, it's very difficult to grow at home. If you are growing at home and know how to grow at home, they probably weren't shopping in a dispensary in the first place. And so like, that's just consumer data that that I know really early on, um, but I'm sure there's probably some other data out there that can prove that. It's just, it's not going to affect their bottom line. And even if it does, I mean, come on, what are people going to know? That shouldn't be the main reason why we don't allow something. <laughs> and so like, what are they, are, are people going to not be allowed to grow tomatoes eventually? Like, yeah, that's the way I see it. You're, it's a crop at the end of the day too. Like, yep. so you know, you have a lemon tree, you have an apple tree, there's orange trees all over California. Like, so you're telling me I can't grow a, a weed plant for myself? That's insane. And so I really, uh, I, I'm a huge proponent for home grow. I, I don't even think it should be a conversation. And it's just ridiculous the fact that people would even spend time putting that into policy when there's so many other things that deserve time and attention and lobbying. And that's what a ton of companies put their money toward. And I just I completely disagree with that. And I think it's extraordinarily uh, a disservice to the people that they're trying to allegedly serve. Sorry, I just, yeah. I get very no. up about that. <laughs> I mean, we, we totally agree, and um, you know, it's it's a it just all the things to your point of like we're we're taking away from the individual in favor of I don't know the big corporations, the policymakers, the politicians, the people that want to be able to make taxes off of those things. Like, I mean, we, like you said, we're able to brew beer at home. We're able yeah. to grow, uh, we're able to grow all of our own food if we wanted to. Um, so why not this? Why not be able to know what exactly is going into your grow, grow the strains that are appropriate for you, right. that you love, like, it's just, uh, there. I mean, there's so, it, it's, no one cares about the person in all of this, They're, they care about, the back end of who is missing out on something because they're not getting that nail on the head. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's so crazy. And so, yes, if yeah. you are, you know, in, if you are someone who consumes cannabis or have any interest in it, or just want to, you know, know more about the policy side, there is something different going on in every single state down to a, you know, city muni municipality level. Like yeah. there is something I guarantee you going on in your neighborhood. So please, stay aware. Um, just, like, I had no idea about that stuff going on in Colorado. That's great. I'm like over here in California, like we've got our own bullshit. <laughs> and so, you know, there's, there's always work to be done and, um, there's always community to do the work with. So if there is, Absolutely. yeah. And so there are, you know, local chapters, you have, you know, your own initiatives and you have you, your own community that you can mobilize. Um, so always pay attention and to wrap this up, I'd love to see, um, if, if either of you have any other, you know, dates you want to highlight for us to watch for, or other announcements we should know about before we, before we, uh, wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off what you were just saying at the end of that about your own community, your own backyard, um, you know, I want to put in another plug for our honeybee fund. Yeah. Um, this fund is really 
what we want to do is tap into the community. We don't think that we are the answer or know, have enough knowledge to be able to be the ones affecting the change. Mm -hmm. We know that there are so many amazing nonprofits, mutual aid groups, local community groups mm -hmm. that are already boots on the ground doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why we've developed this fund as a way to distribute those, um, those funds to the organizations that are already doing the work. And we want our community to tell us about that. We want them to nominate who those groups are, uh, make us aware of groups we might not be aware of. Um, so yeah, if you join the Hive, you'll be able to eventually um, be a part of deciding where our honeybee fund um, monies are going. Um, the Hive is also the way to get involved in our surveys. So we do okay. a consumer, uh, our consumer surveys four times a year. Um, so if you want to tell us about all the products that you're not getting right now that you would love to see. Um, Make those surveys. The surveys yes. <laughs> matter. I just like, sorry, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt. Take the survey. It will it helps us help you, I swear to God. <laughs> I'll let you continue. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just, I had to. No, that's great. I love, I, I love the enthusiasm for it because yes, this is, this is your chance to tell us everything from the products you love, how you want our company to um, be organized. I mean, we're employee owned. Um, a lot to do with our first survey where people were really like, this is a big issue for me. And I want to see, you know, we want to see people over profits in business. And right. so this is why we organize ourselves that way. Um, yeah. So that's all that can be found at honeybeecollective.com. Um, we're on Instagram. We're at uh, the.honeybee.collective. Um, and we're on Mainvest right now. So if you type in mainvest.com and search the Honeybee Collective, uh, M-A-I-N-V-E-S-T, um, that's where you'll find our uh, crowdfunding raise right now. We have about 27 days left to hit our goal. Uh, so fingers crossed. And um, we've gotten a really great um, community response to that so far. Uh, Chris, am I missing anything? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, keep an eye out. We'll, we'll be launching products, uh, we hope, next month, uh, April at the latest in Colorado. And um, we'll also be uh, doing a home infused cooking class. So how to oh, make your own, wow. how to make your own edibles yeah. at home. Uh, we want to share knowledge with the community, help people uh, understand and make cannabis more accessible and, and normalize it. And, and it, at, back to the conversation we were having at the beginning, uh, homemade edibles with uh, flour that you grew at home and our full spectrum can, can really be nice. So uh, yeah. we hope a lot of people will come to that class. That's incredible. Well, thank you both so much for being here. This was this was awesome. I learned so much. I hope you all have learned something as well. Um, to all the listeners, if you want to join, please get involved. This is such a cool opportunity backed by really incredible people. Thank you again for your time today. And I'm so excited to see the launch and what happens over the next month. We'll definitely check in. Stay tuned on on Twitter um, for Send Us Flowers, and, and we'll definitely pop back in with you both and the team and see what's happening. We would love that. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, Liz. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And I will see you all next time on Send Us Flowers.